podcast. Uh, Cody, what are we up to today? So we are heading to uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, yep. I sold two 60-foot JNM applicators to a gentleman up here, and he has having some trouble with them. So service you, call. You and I are going on a service call here this morning. We're going to call this one the sounds of the service call. If you can hear in the background the old diesel motor running, we've got the uh, we call it the white rhino, uh, the white ambulance uh, service truck. Yep. And uh, we've got her fueled up. The diesel motor's humming around 2,000 RPMs right now. So it's a little louder in this cabin than I would like to be for an optimal podcast. True. But we only get a few hours a week to be able to record a podcast. And those hours have to be before 7 a.m. Yep. It is before 7 a.m. So we are going to record a podcast uh, here. So you may have to bear with some noise here. We're going to call this one the sounds of the service call yep yeah so yeah like Adam said we're in the <clears throat> in the white rhino heading up there right now it's 6 20 this morning uh, watching so, the sun come up oh yeah it's a beautiful morning mm-hmm. um, you know it's gonna be another hot one today it's been hot this week today's yes. Thursday yep. and uh, it's gonna be a hot one the last episode that we recorded was with uh, Bill Preller yep and uh, that was a good one that was a really good one. It's yeah, it was. very popular. One of our more popular episodes with Bill. Extremely knowledgeable guy. And uh, and so, yeah, this one we're going to talk about a lot of things. There's been a lot going on since our last podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Several things. So, here in Ohio, corn's in the ground. Beans are in the ground. Uh, pretty much everyone is done with planting. There was some replanting going on in certain areas uh, that may or may not have gotten some rain. Uh, wheat looks phenomenal. Yeah. A- out of this world good. Phenomenal. Guys mm-hmm. are, uh, other than the price, Yeah. Uh, but guys <laughs> have been pouring the cools, uh, hitting fungicide on the wheat. Uh, that stuff looks good. However, these, the, the only Achilles heel to everything so far is the forecast. Yeah, you know we're we're not dry right now. I was in Pandora, Ohio, on Tuesday, side dressing corn with uh, with some guys up there, and I was shocked at the amount of moisture we were pulling up. So I don't feel like we're dry today, but the forecast says that we will be, and uh, everyone says, well, now's the time to be dry. You don't want to have that crop uh, have plenty of moisture its entire life and then get dry in July or something like that. Sure. Um, you want it to be dry right now when it's starting so yep. it can root down and, and get aggressive. So, you know, overall, uh, as far as talking planting <clears throat> progress and where we're at here in Ohio, it's done. The, the, it's all the fat lady singing. Yep. For the most part, yeah, everything's in the ground. Uh, you know, everybody got her socked in for sure. A couple of guys out there replanting. Uh, actually, you know, we we had quite a bit of uh, had quite a bit of guys call on some rotary hose here this year, and uh, we actually sold quite a few of those just because of some crusting and stuff like that. So, uh, 
you know it, it just was kind of all across the board as far as what guys were kind of seeing uh you know you get a little bit more north of us some of these guys up towards van where they got a bunch of rain um they're here a few weeks ago there when we got our last shot um then you go south of us they kind of got the same deal but it wasn't near as much and so they had some issues with crusting and stuff like that so i think that was kind of the big push for some of the rotary wholesales that we've seen and uh but whenever you got a little bit further north of van wert like adam said you were in that pandora area there earlier this week and uh you know how mellow that ground is right through there is awfully awfully nice and they didn't have very many issues as far as planting and their stuff looked pretty good they're i would say they're further ahead than what we were as far as the planting aspect yeah i would i would say that's accurate um yeah the uh everything's pretty well on the ground and side dress season is in full swing um you know got there's places in southern indiana right now today that i know there's knee-high corn which is unbelievable but there's pockets in southern indiana that was three weeks ahead of us and uh, i had my very first side dress call probably three to four weeks ago and uh that I couldn't believe it. I had a guy call me and says, hey, Adam, I'm getting this applicator out. I said, geez, I'm Pete's your applicator. Uh, you still in your planter? He's like, oh, no, I got corn popping, and we, we were wet and cold yet at that time. So there's places down there that that uh, are, are very far along. But up here, uh, <clears throat> side dressing is starting to really roll, which is a big deal for us. Side dress and nutrient placement is is huge we spend a very large portion of our shop time working on uh, these JM applicators these fast applicators getting them ready for this time of year uh, between Cody and and dad and and Seth and and a few other guys our phones are just going nuts you know hey uh, my, my rate's a little bit off or my pressure's a little high or how do you do this and and just running some refresher courses on on guys as they're getting these things out uh, we've got a lot of them uh, up and running uh, here so yeah we're excited um, these guys were headed to uh, they kind of fought with these things a little bit yesterday uh, these are five section applicators they could only get three of the five section valves to open um, we've got some ideas up our sleeve we're going to change out some harnesses we don't like to see the customer struggle with them too much I spent some time on the phone with them yesterday and and there's only so much you can do on the phone and, and finally I just told them hey if you give me until morning I'll come up and I will not leave until that thing's rolling and and that's kind of our our motto um, Cody you spent a good portion of the day yesterday um, trying to get some applicators rolling why don't you talk about um, what you were expecting to do yesterday morning at this time when you were just kind of rolling down there be bopping down there and what you ended up having to do the struggles that goes along with that but then how you felt at 5.30 yesterday when you called me to tell me that you finally got it knocked out. So that's kind of a tricky question because, I, one, I, I only thought we were going to go kind of work on one, which Elliot and I went and worked on the night before while he was still having problems. So, 
we were kind of messing around with it there this morning we were just over uh just on the other side of portland and he was having issues of keeping his rate consistent well you know we we kept fiddling around with it and fiddling around with it well we kind of narrowed it down to where we thought the pwm valve was bad which in in the end of all of it 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 was uh basically the pwm was just staying open and it would never close so whenever i say pwm valve that is the valve that controls your hydraulics to go to your pump well whenever you have a pwm close which all jms will be a pwm closed valve basically what happens is is that <clears throat> whenever you come to the end of the row that pwm shuts off and it shuts the hydraulics off you still have can uh, constant pressure to the pwm but it shuts the hydraulics off going to the pump so that way everything stops dispersing liquid so basically long story short there uh we had we swapped out the pwm got it rolling got it good uh had to switch a couple of different cal numbers i think that was part of our issue um the big thing was is I think we had too much hydraulic pressure from the get-go going to that PWM valve because we were trying to chase pressure and just wasn't where we needed to be chasing at that point in time. But uh, we, we got through that one and Adam calls me and says, hey, uh, got another guy down in Winchester, Indiana that's getting ready to start uh, side dressing. Okay. All right, sounds good. So I just kind of thought it'd be a quick startup type deal. And well, <clears throat> anytime you think that anything's going to go quick, it usually takes a heck of a lot longer than what it actually does. So I uh, got down there. He was using a uh, basically a single product Raven uh, module that was ISO to control it going through Pro 700. And uh, realistically, what I think, well, the first problem was is that his task controller wasn't unlocked. So whenever guys are going out and they're wanting to run some of this stuff ISO, well, your task controller has to be unlocked no matter what. Otherwise, you will not get an ounce of product spit out of that thing by using that, number one. And then, so we had to set all that up, and we're, we just fiddle-farted around with it for a while. And uh, I said, and Elliot was in there with, with the customer for a good while, and I'm like, all right. And I'm just trying to think of ideas on what we need to do and stuff like that. And I think uh, some guys have heard of the Ghost of the Pro 700. I think we had a little bit of that yesterday. Um, just, it was doing some goofy stuff. Um, you know, our, our first original problem was is that I know whenever I've plugged some stuff in ISO that it, you're trying to run through a Pro 700, it'll send it to where it'll be goofy, like it, whether it'll be in metric, uh, you know, in metric units instead of U.S. standard units. Um, so we had to switch that over, which it did that yesterday. And it basically, it's all about how it computes the information from the ISO port going into that monitor. Um, so we got that solved. Randy Evers helped us out a little bit from Hall Brothers there. And uh, after we got through that, uh, we started messing around with it a bit. 
got his controller unlocked, all that good jazz, got it set up. We still weren't getting product out, so we're like, all right, well. How much time have you spent on it by, by now? Because I know I sent you down there at like noon. We're probably talking two hours in right now. <clears throat> and Customer's probably a little frustrated. Oh, yeah. Brand new applicator. Yep, he was. He was. And something that small. Uh, I mean, we were very close to just taking a Raven 450 and throwing it on there and saying, here, just run and we'll figure this out later. Yeah. And, and that that's the struggle is, you know, uh, rate controllers and ISO and it's all fun and games on paper. You know, uh, customers will always want us to put on these rate controllers and stuff, but then when you plug them in, you also have to have your Case IH tractor or your John Deere tractor ready to accept that rate controller. Right. So you could have everything 100% right on the applicator side, which everything was. Mm -hmm. But the Pro 700 wasn't ready to accept it. Right. The tractor wasn't ready to accept it. The right numbers weren't punched in, and that that was where we we caught the problems, which mm -hmm. is fine. We can get through that. We can help through that. But that's where you go from a 30-minute startup right to a four-hour and 30-minute startup. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you've never ran ISO on whatever tractor you're you're doing with yet, you, you need to have that thing hooked up. Uh, uh, a month before you even consider using that ISO, yeah. If you've never done it, mm -hmm. because number one, the ghost of the Pro 700, those things are just not extremely delightful to put it kindly to run ISOs through. Yeah, and uh, so, so yeah. Go on with your story. You finally started. You were calling back to the shop. I was getting calls. Brent was getting calls. Mm -hmm. Brent and I were were kind of. We were feeling the sweat too because heck, it's it's four o'clock and you guys are still an hour away. And Brent and I are like, all right, we gotta buckle down. We gotta we gotta figure something out here. We grabbed an ISO Raven Ray controller. We plugged it into our tractor and we started punching through it to try and help you guys mm -hmm. to help see what you're seeing, the yep. problems that you were seeing, and and uh, and finally you ended up getting it. And honestly, I, I've got no clue on what I did, on how I got it to do what it did. But I, I just, I was like, all right, uh, I just shut her down. I shut her down and uh, fired it back up. Stopped throwing us the signals. I was, I just told Elliot and the grower, I said, just, just let me have the cab for like five minutes. Just let me go in here and let me poke around and let me see what I can't find. And that's exactly what I did. I, I couldn't tell you what buttons I pushed, but I got her to work and we got them up and rolling yesterday. So that was and, all that was important to me. <laughs> right. And I think that he had, I think the Pro 700 was struggling to keep up. You know, he had prescriptions in there. And I think, I, I do believe that that was part of the issue is it, that he had his prescriptions trying to load into it but between the ISO and the Pro 700 they weren't talking together sure. in order to process those prescriptions. So at the end of the day how did that feel to to, to hit the wall 
to to be able to rely on other people brent and i we brent and i didn't fix it but but you were able to call back to get ideas and you had elliot with you uh lydia was down there hunter was down there to have backup and the support at the end of the day how good did it feel to to hit the wall be able to dig through the wall come out the other side with a happy customer who knows that you've got his back and that you can get him through some of this stuff and you're mm-hmm. going to dig and dig and dig until you get it done no matter what um for me i think it's the satisfactory and the gratitude that the customer has <clears throat> going to you i i that is unmatched as far as what what a person can convey to you on how grateful they are whenever you get something up and running for them especially on a brand new piece and we're going through all that stuff and he's like man i'm sorry i kept you out here so long but i I appreciate that you took the time and you stuck it out to help get me running and i was like absolutely not a problem and that that's what we're about um yeah you know the the fact that i'm able to call back to the shop and get ideas and stuff like that the support end and at the end of the day we're all team and that wasn't my applicator that i sold i i didn't i didn't care whose it was it was right. all about the team it right. was so that way we could get a guy rolling that will be a future happy customer of any equipment for a long time right i came i came back or uh, Elliot came back to the shop. You guys got back at probably a quarter after five or so. Mm-hmm. And Elliot came up to me and goes, man, that was fun. That was fun. And I'm like, that was fun? What do you mean? You struggled all day. He says, well, I learned a lot. And and to get it done, and at the end of the day, to have that feeling, he mm-hmm. was, that, that was fun. Yep. And uh, I said, yeah, it, there's no greater feeling. You know, sometimes every now and then, it's fun to run into that wall like oh shoot that something's messed up here mm-hmm. but then you, you get you get the the opportunity to overcome that yep just like we're doing today like mm-hmm. right now i'm i i didn't really want to have to drive to michigan today right but i'm kind of excited to to get a customer who uh wasn't able to run yesterday to get them up and running and be be the supplier of support yeah uh uh to get up and run so Mm -hmm. i I really enjoy that and that's what's kind of fun about this time of year um you're going to have problems the the problems don't they they don't even make my heart rate increase the slightest bit um you know a guy could call me today and say hey the left side wing fell off my applicator and and that wouldn't be a huge issue i mean it it is but but we've got him. We've got the support team, and and I'll round up the troops and say, guys, well, um, right now we're we're headed over here to, you know, Greenville, or, or we're headed over here, and we're going to go fix it and get it done. Um, you're going to have problems. Period. Um, we try to minimize the problems. What you can't have is the small problems. You can't have a leak here, a leak there, a a uh, tire that doesn't have. Uh, yeah, or, or a pump that's bad. Um, but, you know, you're going to have some stuff. And you just got to be prepared for it and be ready to overcome and have the parts on the shelf. So that's what's – that is – everything Cody described in the last uh, 10 minutes is, is, in a nutshell, our life this week, next week, and until side dressing is through. Is We're constantly on the call. 
and and I enjoy that part. And it's okay. Who's calling next? What do we got to do? And and let's roll. And we're you know we could have a phone call here now in an hour and a half that sends two guys to Southern Indiana. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The phone call is going to come in. A customer is going to be kind of frantic. Hey, we need help. What are we going to do? Do you have these parts? And I'm going to make some phone calls. They're going to load up the other red ambulance and they're going to head south and they will get it done. And so uh, as a salesman, uh, that there, there's no greater feeling uh, to, to know that we've got that support behind us. And as a customer, if you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty well-involved customer. And I'm willing to bet you have experienced the service that I'm talking about. Um, you know, I hope no one has breakdowns, uh, but if you do, um, I hope it's with us because I, we, we've got you. So that that's all I want. I don't want to beat that horse to death, but that that is what we are living right now, the second. And I want to describe through those struggles, those issues, and how it feels to overcome that because. I'm never going to say that we don't have issues uh, with equipment. It's just going to happen. So that that's that's uh, what's going on now. Um, that being said, Cody, let's rewind a little bit to... Uh, I know you're hearing some mics going in and out. I'm muting some mics to try and keep the, noise, the background noise down. So bear with me here as we... Uh, as we... Uh, have our podcast here on the road in the in the uh, white rhino not quite the ideal studio but let's rewind our clocks here a little bit to something uh that was that was a little bit more exciting uh to about a week ago exactly a week ago today do you even remember what are you talking about a week ago lee kilpatrick from georgia Everyone knows Lee, good old Lee. We've done two podcasts with him. Flew in to Cleveland. He drove over to Oak Harbor, Ohio. And then Dave Gunkelman drove up to Oak Harbor, Ohio. And we met them guys up there. And we slammed some Lake Erie walleyes. Talk. Yeah, we did. We, uh... <clears throat> so... We were... So Adam and myself and Adam's brother-in-law and Adam's nephew, we go to Erie every year and go walleye fishing on a charter. Well, we were blowing this up at Louisville, and Lee and Dave are like, oh, man, we ought to go. We ought to go. And we were like, okay, well, you're going. So uh, we, uh, we got it scheduled. We got Lee to commit, and he flew into Cleveland and... Dave met us uh, there at Oak Harbor with Lee, and uh, we uh, rented an Airbnb and went to uh, we uh, turn left here. Um, yeah, so we uh, rented an Airbnb, stayed up there. We've got a little pond that we're able to fish up there. Uh, caught some bass and uh, some other other critters while we were up there in the pond and uh fried some walleye from the previous trip that we had and boy that was some good stuff and uh yeah they just came up and it was yeah if you've never had walleye um 
Uh, if you never walleye fished, I urge you to go. It's a blast. Go out on a charter. Uh, you know, you get to help set all the lines. Uh, not only are they fun to catch, but they are so good to eat. So good to eat. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Port Clinton and Lake Erie is kind of known for it. The summer fish up there is what they kind of call them, quote unquote. They're not the largest walleye that you're going to ever run into. Mm -mm. Uh, but out of the 30 fish, uh, we did catch probably two that were awfully, awfully nice. You know, 24 to 26 inch walleye. Yeah. Um, those things are a blast to reel in. Um, so, yeah, we, we had a blast. I, I'm real thankful that, that Lee and Dave took the time uh, and, and committed some time to go fishing with us up there. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't about the fishing. It was, it was just a heck of a lot of fun to spend that time. Absolutely. With, with some people that we don't get to spend a whole lot of time with, and and uh, we we had a blast, and and look forward to doing that again. So I, I wanted to just touch on that because uh, we talk a lot, a little bit about coyote hunting, a little bit about this and that. It's the time of year to go fishing. Yeah. It's just fun to do. Go out there and, and bend some rods and mm -hmm. throw some throw some worms on hooks and and maybe take some kids. But um, if if you're ever in the Ohio region and want to go slam some walleyes, head up to Port Clinton and get it done. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Adam said that it wasn't about the fishing. It's more about the camaraderie for us. Just because uh, you know how much. You know, the very little bit that we get to see Lee, any, every moment with Lee is, is pretty awesome. Just He's just a great guy to be around. So, uh, yeah, that was really all it was about. It was just good conversation, good people, good, you know, a few cocktails here and there, and it was a good time. Yeah, we had a blast. Um, so... I want to touch on uh, a couple new projects that, that we had kind of been working on over the winter that are kind of coming to fruition right now. Um, maybe if you've tuned into our YouTube channels and stuff, you've maybe seen them. But I wanted to touch on those dual colder applicators that are running around. Yep. Um, you know, last fall, uh, I had a customer come to me and uh, he said, Adam, I, I want you to look at getting me an applicator where I can run two holders per row instead of one being 15 inches from the row. I want two holders, each of them being seven and a half to eight inches away from the row. And I said, man, Mike, I have, I've thought about that for a long time. And, and you know, our triple threat is designed to, uh, in a way, serve that purpose, kind of to be a better placement. But I do like the the ability to put this stuff in the ground. And I said, well, let's price it out. Let's see how it'll work, how things will match up. And and we got it to work. He said, that is how I want my applicator to be. I'm gonna buy a new J&M and I want it to have two colders per row. This is on a 30 foot machine. So 24 units is what we did. And uh, we set it up and, uh, and we did a startup on that unit on Tuesday. And I tell you what, I am so pumped about the placement of the dual Coulter system. Um, I'm going to be having some more videos coming out. Um, not all of those applicators are running. But I ended up doing, this year we ended up doing three applicators that way. 
uh, with dual colters. And we have now a total of four applicators that are out running with dual colters. And so we're, we're putting this fertilizer seven and a half to eight inches from the plant. And what kind of started this conversation was he was getting a lot of leftover nitrogen in his fall soil samples. And he was saying, okay, I had good weather, good crops, but why did that corn not take up all that nitrogen? Well, he's convinced that it is because it just simply wasn't able to get to it. It was too far away from the plant. And, uh, you know, I had some guys, uh, I had some guys go from 15 row holders this year to 17s because they're seeing some of that too. Like if you see some of these cover crop fields in the fall, you will be able to see where that side dresser ran. Yeah. There's either some excess nitrogen or there is a lack of nitrogen at that guess row. And, and it makes you wonder where we need to be placing this nitrogen. Yeah. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to pay very close attention to this dual colder system. Uh, it's obviously more money because you have to buy more colders. But I want you to think about why you're putting your fertilizer 15 inches away from the row right now. When you're outside dressing, you're driving down that row, why are you putting it as far away as possible? You know, when we're running on the corn planter, we pretty much put it as close as possible, either in furrow or two inches away is kind of the rule of thumb, right? So why do we have to put it so far away? Now, of course, with Y drops and stuff, we put it at the base of the plant in our triple threat system. But why do we do that with the colders? Why do we put it so far away? And and obviously, I know the answer. It's because when you're side dressing corn, you don't want to be running over corn, and, and so you put it in the center. But what happens when we shift it closer? And, and that's something I want to uh, dig more into and I think it, I'm seeing it coming. I have a lot of guys talking to me about it. And, and I think that's something that with applicators, uh, you know, we, we do the triple threats. We do the uh, Yetter innkeepers, which we're sold out of those things. I mean, how popular have they been? And, and we do the row-by-row row flow monitoring kits to make sure that every row is as accurate as the one next to it and that we're not over-applying and, and all of those. Uh, but I, I think the location of the placement of our colders and knives uh, might need some attention. Yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, two out of the three rigs that we sold this year run. Uh, I was working on one of them yesterday. And I think the concept is there. Um, you know, yeah, it adds some more weight. Yeah, it's probably a little bit more agile as far as what you're running as far as percent of product and stuff like that since you are closer to the row and everything else like that and how much stabilizer you need to be putting in there with it if you need any at all. Um, you know, it, it, it's just kind of one of those deals to where, you know, it's just one of those ideas to where it's like, all right, well, yeah, I think we can do this. And then bang, it, it just one after the other. I mean, the two were uh, neighbors that we sold to. So it was, it, it just kind of all worked out to where both of them are running and they're, you know, from what I've seen out of them, 
I think it's going to work really, really well. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool and interesting. That's one of the one of the newer projects that that I'm kind of wanting to hone in on because uh, you know nutrient placement's kind of a big deal to us, and so um, that that's something that's been going on lately that that I, I really want to uh, to look at here for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk kind of what's been popular lately cody we did a lot of demos of that vrt a yeah. ton of demos this spring yeah they were very popular they still are we retailed some um you know you mentioned some rotary hose are selling some of those enduroplast sprayers yep walk through what your customers are telling you um so depending on the area that guys are in uh you know fertilizer placement is huge uh it always is and it it really is a big deal for us so definitely some applicator calls have been in here recently um i've actually had quite a few calls on uh some high clearance spreaders some single axle high clearance spreaders um you know with guys wanting to spread uh i can't think of what that is called well it's not they call it something yeah yeah um so i've had some guys wanting to spread some asm and stuff esn and uh yeah that's been going really really well um for the most part on that side of things you know we've got some of those rigs on on hand uh um other than that you know it's really been replacement parts for applicators knives blades you know stuff like that um not really much of anything else in my book on that side of things some cover crop seeders i sold some cover i sold a cover crop seeder this week so that's starting to pick up already so um i don't think that that's going to ever fade quite fade all the way away uh we we can sell those things year-round it doesn't really matter what time of the year it is in my mind but uh you know i've been getting some of those um got a uh s2s bar heading out to new york here within the next week or two going to a soil and water district and your dad is getting one built up for uh hardin county i believe uh that should be done here hopefully by the end of next week so uh, a lot of cover crop stuff a lot of nutrient placement stuff kind of our bread and butter uh wheelhouse as far as that aspect goes um i've had some guys on some corn head seeders yeah um you know those are those are always popular around this time of the year um i think the enduroplast sprayers yeah has has been huge um you know the the utv sprayers Mm -hmm. the three-point sprayers um those things have been popular yeah yeah we've sold quite a few of those already here this year um you know those are just so common uh they're they're a great product um you know the quality is definitely there whenever the enduroplast name comes up for us and that's why we like that product so well um uh what else has been out there that uh we've been working on a couple of tender trailers yeah here recently yep those have been popular and uh triple threats of course being mm-hmm. side rest season yep. the yetter innkeepers we sold out of those things yeah um so side dress applicators in general i've had a lot of guys calling hey uh what you got for for good used applicators and we've been moving some 60 footers some 40 footers and uh you know guys guys have been uh 
getting ready for for that season. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on um, there. Now I, I did a drone video last week. If you guys want to tune into the YouTube channel and watch it, uh, we've been doing a lot of dirt and earth moving down at the Wabash store. Um, it, it, we are trying to expand every inch of gravel that we can at that place so we're, we're tearing up some grass putting in some gravel i did a drone video of it i thought was pretty neat and they're getting really close to wrapping that project up and it's going to do a lot for us we'll have a lot more room and uh and we'll be able to uh to have a lot more space it'll, it'll be a lot more presentable more room to drive around and uh and a lot of stuff like that um so been been doing some of that today up here where we're at i'm hoping to get some drone footage of both these applicators running you know when you're watching like youtube videos and stuff and they like pass each other yeah. and like the tips of the planter yeah. miss each other by like six inches yep i'm hoping i can get yep. something cool like that that would be pretty hopefully awesome. there are rtks dialed in <laughs> i don't want to uh <laughs> I don't. Is there a safety breakaway on those Jane and applicator wings? I, for I tell you what, I don't believe there is. For when and you're trying to get a good drone you shot, know, if and they, they were, if and they, they were, didn't nudge over a little bit, if they were 23 row applicator, no, do not go. I would wait. That's teamwork right there. See, uh, we're team drivers. Isn't that what semi drivers do? Uh, yeah. If they've got somebody riding with them, yeah. Uh huh. I'm Am I good? good? Yep, not anymore because captain here. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, I, if they were twenty-three row applicators, we wouldn't have that problem. That's true. But they're twenty-fives. Oh yeah, we better yeah. not do that. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, anyway, they definitely touch tips then. Yeah, we're going to be getting some uh, good drone footage and, and footage in general. Uh, while we're up here um, so we're going to be wrapping up here soon uh, the the background noise is driving me nuts and I hope it's not driving you nuts as a listener um, but I had a couple things I want to touch on here um, Cody we are through the planner season yep we do a lot with planners year-round uh -huh. you get phone calls from every location of the country mm -hmm. What is your favorite? And you only get to choose one. What is your number one if a guy calls in and he says, Cody, I got a planner and I, I'm on a budget. I need one attachment for my planner. I'm, I'm, I've got a John Deere uh, 7200 and uh, I do minimum till. I got a no-till colder up front. Mm -hmm. What's your number one planner attachment? For that guy or for any guy that has to be on that planner for success before you start diving in with that guy on, on, on getting tricky and getting fancy, what's the one thing he's got to have? So I would classify that as kind of a loaded question in, in my mind to an extent. That's not a good answer. What, I, you get one product. I it's know. not a hard I question. Know. I know. Uh, for me, number one, I would be removing that no-till colder and throwing row cleaners up front on that thing. Okay. In my mind. Okay. Uh, Interesting choice. I, 
With a no-till colder, I just think that you compensate too much on seed placement, and that is literally the planter's job is to place the seed correctly, in my mind. Um, you know, I, I think a row cleaner up front, a floating row cleaner up front, something that is not rigid, is very important to get residue out of the way so that way the displayed openers can do the correct, proper job of placing that seed. Sure. I would, uh, that, that's great, yeah. Uh, you know, because when, when you're running through the field, if that no-till colder is too deep, or, or even if it's not, that thing's gonna wreak havoc. And we know probably being a 7200, probably not gonna have Delta Force on that unit. So he's probably relying on springs or airbags. And so uh, we don't want to uh, have that no-till colder robbing our down pressure. And we also don't want it to bounce our row unit. So yes, a row cleaner up front. Uh, Cody and I did a video uh, earlier this spring of a planter, a 12 row that we had in our shop. And Cody and I went out there to the field and he was conventional, okay? But we went out there and in this field, it was kind of cloddy. He could have probably hit it again, but because he had the row cleaners, he didn't have to. We just, we set those row cleaners so that they would move all the large stuff out of the way, including residue, but they would move it all out of the way. So that, that row unit was rolling into fine, soft, firm dirt and the row unit was not bouncing. It was nice and calm and smooth. And that was because we removed the no-till colder and put a nice floating row cleaner on there. That's the front of the row unit. That's the start of it. That's a good place to start. So um, yes, great, great answer. And and, uh, and I, I think if guys are, are planting or looking back at their stands, maybe seeing some unevenness or some skips, if you've got a no-till colder, look pretty hard at, at a floating row cleaner, no doubt. So um, from there, I think that's really all I've got. Uh, Cody did whisper in my ear earlier, uh, wanna know if I was gonna mention uh, something new coming down the road, and, and I'm not, um, but I kinda just did. Um, so next week, uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to release the newest biggest announcement uh from fennig equipment and uh the only hint i can give you is that it involves something that involves what you hear in the background when i hit the throttle hear that diesel motor humming that's all we can say and next week we will release a new podcast that we will talk about our next move. So thanks everyone for tuning in. We're headed to Michigan for hopefully a successful service day here at Fenning Equipment. No, no hope about it. It will be a successful it day. It will. It will. Yep. Mm -hmm. We will get it done and uh, we're going to shoot video and we're going to be heading back to Ohio shortly after lunch. I'm calling it right now. Hopefully, yes. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Thank you.